Welcome to Agency Nation radio podcast, where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing, success, and failure. Stories that help make them the professionals they are today. Agency Nation Radio is presented by the Big Eye and Trusted Choice. I'm today's host, Nancy Germond, with the Big Eye Virtual University and the risk management team here at the Big Eye. Today, we're going to talk about, especially given the hard market, the multifamily market with our expert, Karen O'Connor Corrigan, president and owner of O'Connor Insurance, located in St. Louis, Missouri. Karen has experience and knowledge of community association insurance that is comparable to only a very few agents in the nation. She's one of only about 150 community insurance and risk management specialist experts in the U.S. Her guidance regarding community associations is sought not only by her customers, but she's also a trusted expert by many associations, carriers, and industry organizations. She's also the chairperson of the Big Eye's Technical Affairs Committee here at the Big Eye, which works very hard at negotiating coverage enhancements with the Insurance Services Office. So we have some questions. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much for taking time out of I know what is your crazy schedule with the hard market and some of the issues surrounding housing. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. So let's first define the multifamily housing market. What do you consider encompasses that insurance market, that sector of the market? Yeah, so that sector has been pretty consistent through the years. Um, It really consists of those apartments, the condominiums, um, attached home communities now, those planned unit communities, co-ops. Sometimes we'll have a large string of, of rental dwellings. Um, or government-funded housing projects. All of those can be part of the HAB market. Well, government-funded would include um, uh, assisted living communities, perhaps? And, and those- our, yes, and our subsidized apartments in the cities and, and things like that. But they, they truly can be all different shapes and sizes. The main common feature is that they provide a place for people to live, typically in an attached environment. Um, Sometimes it's on a short-term basis, like vacation rentals or condos, but for the most part, it's really where they live. Um, And that's part of what makes it so difficult. It is uh, really where they live and where things happen. So um, if it is rental property, it's typically for more than a year, again, unless we're in the vacation segment. We know that apartment-style living has, has been around for a long time, but community associations are a little bit different. They really boomed with the condos in the 1980s, and they're different because they have a form of self-governance. They elect their volunteer owners to be the board members. So it's a little different than just an apartment owner who gets to make all of the decisions. There's over 350,000 community associations in the U.S., and about half of those are condos or attached home style. And together, um, some of those are HOAs, but together they house over 75 million Americans. So we're talking about And that doesn't even count the apartments. So we're talking about a lot of Americans. So that's pretty much it for the HAB market. So it's a huge market with a lot of different risks. Absolutely. So you have risks of, in some subsidized housing, risks of elderly clients who could fall or um, in condominiums and townhouses, there's a lot of different issues that each faces. So you've really got to have a broad kind of 
band of knowledge to work in this sector. Absolutely. It is, uh, like I said, all different shapes and sizes, and you never know what's coming at you next. Well, speaking of coming at you next, why don't you give us an example of a recent challenge that you faced in the multifamily housing market recently? Well, then you just want to dive right into it, don't you, Nancy? (laughs) So imagine telling the volunteer owners who serve as the board members that their master policy is non-renewed because they have more than 10 buildings. That's the only reason. Just 10 buildings and you're non-renewed. And that is what's going on in America right now. Um, The non-renewal notice didn't mention the 11 claims that they've had in the last three years. And then we have to tell them that their premium will likely triple. Now, what does that mean, triple? In the Midwest, let me use just kind of an average account. Um, It might jump from 150,000 in premium on the expiring policy, and now it's gonna go into 450,000 because it became hard to place. And this, this is every day for us. Um, none of these that I have to tell the board members are firm numbers because all we can do is make a projection based on what we're experiencing with our other accounts. And the reason we can't tell them is because the real premium cost won't become available in the ENS market until about five days before the expiration. It's been as quick as one, as soon as one day. And not only do they get these numbers that late, they have to come up with the down payment. So we're telling them down payment numbers and all of that. So it's a nightmare. And then they want us to tell the owners. So imagine um, telling all of the owners that this 300,000 gaps about to occur and they have to make electrical repairs inside the units and they have to remove all their grills. So to get attendance at these meetings, because the boards clearly want uh, us to be the ones to tell the owners and not them, I mean, they'll put in in big black letters on the notices um, to the owners that the association has to come up with $300,000 of unanticipated funds and we're going to special assess you. So what happens is um, the meeting room set up for 25 people. That's all they think is going to show up. And then you get a mob of 100 people and you're traipsing them out on the pool deck so you can deliver the message. And often we will have the association's legal counsel with us. And the reason for that is because they have to explain, um, the legal counsel has to explain if you don't cooperate and you don't let us inside that unit to make the electrical repairs or whatever the situation, remove the grill, there will be legal action. And so that's, that's pretty much, Nancy, my life in a nutshell right now, um, 2023, there it is. Geez, Louise, that is really something. And you've probably got to tell them they've got to take higher deductibles as well. Are you seeing higher deductibles and, and less rich, rich coverage? Absolutely. We are seeing um, for that particular account, they might be forced to take a $100,000 deductible due to their claims. Um, we've seen others that have aluminum wiring have to take a $100,000 deductible, Um so absolutely, they are they are forced into situations they had no idea they would be forced into. So I suppose if they had water damage claims, for example, you may be telling them you've got to update all your supply lines and show us proof. Uh, I I it's geez, that's just mind boggling. It is, and they um, the solution for the water claims. I mean, we are suggesting things like water sensor systems, their water and temperature systems in the high rises but also the carriers are enforcing per unit water deductibles. Really? mm -hmm, $50,000 per unit. 
oh my, mm-hmm. yeah, that is really hard to swallow. Yes. So let's focus for a moment on the property insurance challenges. And I think you've just covered a couple of them, but <laughs> anything more that you can add there on just the property side before we traipse over to the liability side? Oh, the property side. The property side is the nightmare, Nancy. Um and I can go on and on and we'll never get to another question, but um, the habitational market has long been claim ridden, um, high frequency, high severity. Um, you know, the insurance covers accidents that are typically confined to one home, but now imagine it's spreading to your neighbors. Sure. So yeah, there's always the occupant that starts the bathtub and forgets about it. But in a multifamily situation, it now runs 10 floors down and destroys all those units. Um, Then there's the barbecue grill that's left on and the siding catches fire and destroys eight units, not just your one home. Um, Fire pit ashes dumped into the trash can next to the siding while everybody's sleeping. Um, And, and, you know, let's face it, these are places of residence and this is where life happens. And life is sometimes leaving the candle burning and now it's going to affect many, many homes. So that's the problem with the habitational market in general. So even in a level market, most insurers do not have an appetite for these condos or apartments. They pretty much don't play in this this landscape. Um, There's really been a decade of claims and recently they've worsened. You know, we kind of wonder why are they getting worse? And this is just my opinion. I think that there's three main reasons. I mean, right now, simply due to the inflation, the supply and the demand, the pure cost of the repair work. So that's, you know, increasing the claim costs by 30%. And then, you know, our infrastructure, the age of our multifamily buildings are getting old and they leave the insurers to protect these old roofs, leaking facades, failing plumbing, you know, old hot water heaters. You know, there was a good study, um, the Foundation for Community Association Research Factbook reported that 52.9% of U.S. housing was built prior to 1979. Gee. That includes the multifamily. So, oh, so yeah, aging. Aging. And we had hard markets before, right, in the 80s and after 9-11. But after 9-11, the buildings were only 20 years old from the 1980 right. boom, you know? Right. So, and then the third thing I absolutely have no doubt is causing a problem is the weather. Um you know, Swiss Re just had a report that said in the first half of 2023, it cost insurers $50 billion globally on disasters, and 70% was from the severe convective storms, which of course is the new buzzword, severe convective storms. Um, For anybody that doesn't know, they're the storms associated with thunder, lightning, the heavy rain, the hail, the strong winds, and the sudden temperature changes, you know, everything that's crazy going on out there. And very typical in the Midwest, the convective storms, and you're right in the heart of it. Right. We're right in St. Louis. Um, but I definitely study the rest of the nation because, you know, whatever happens on either coast is going to hit us eventually. So right, we're looking around everywhere. Exactly. Well, and look at Hawaii now, too. That's mm. going to, you know, cause a ripple in the market even as if it weren't rippled enough. I know it's it's absolutely sad and, and terrible. But, you know, now that the hard markets here, um, you know, they already didn't like the HAB. And now they're, we're throwing these heavy property schedules into a market with limited capacity. 
So these property schedules are, are tens, 20s, 50 millions of dollars. Um, and the sh insurers just don't want to divvy out that much of their coveted capacity unless it's shiny and new with a few roofs and the new plumbing. Um, it, it's really rough out there. So we advise everybody not to go shopping. I mean, if they have a policy, they're very fortunate because non-renewals are prevalent. Um, we have seen just in our area, um, at least four carriers start non-renewing. So, you know, that's a really high number, um, which we've never seen before, not even after 9-11 or in the 80s. So, um, and some of the hardest hit places, of course, we have Florida and California, but of course the whole Midwest, but Texas and Colorado too. It's really all over. And as you said, not a lot of carriers play in this field, right? Yeah, so that's you right. have three or four that say we're not going to renew. You have a major coverage problem. Where yeah. where do you shop at? That's right. And so it's really tough. Um, if we do have a fairly, you know, fairly new property with roofs under 10 years old, you know, we can we can find a place, a home. But so many of these um, were kind of, standing in the last standard market that protected uh, condominiums or apartment buildings that had aluminum wiring. Mm -hmm. And when they were built during the, the 1965s to the late 1970s, they also had um, the old Federal Pacific Stablock or Zinsco electric panels that are defective. Mm -hmm. So these properties are all going into the ENS market. And um, that's where that's where we're seeing the triple premium. So um, again, mm -hmm. if they're lucky enough to have a renewal, we're, we're saying if you get 20 and 30 percent and sometimes more, you're lucky. So that's kind of the bad news on the property side, Nancy. Well, why don't you give me the bad news on the liability? That's <laughs> <laughs> um, it, actually better, you know, because the property premium is such the driver. But, right. you know, so when we can place the property, we're feeling pretty good. General liability is not as difficult in general, um, but it can be if there's, you know, crime related claims or, or a high crime score. Um, in some areas, the plaintiffs are really favored in these actions targeting these apartment building owners. Um, and so the insurers are seeing high settlements, jury awards, difficult jurisdictions in Georgia, Mississippi, Florida, and more recently in Texas. So, you know, they're really on the watch. They're not going to mess around the, the insurers. Um, in general, I would have to guess it are you know, more specifically say 10 to 15% increases sometimes. Um, but some of the major markets just stopped riding monoline GL for apartments. They're just done. Mm -hmm. um, there are some non-renewing, um, especially if it is a large number of units. So, you know, again, the larger the property, the more it's struggling these days, whether it be property or general liability. Um, New York City insures well, there's a scaffold law and it assigns strict liability mm -hmm. on the building owners for falls from heights. And so they have seen their general liability rates increase from 200 to 300% over the last three years. So that's, that's huge. Yeah. Um, oh, I know we're seeing a lot of assault and battery exclusions or sublimits for assault and battery. And in Florida, of course, they're going to have firearm exclusions and in some parts of Texas. So that's always fun. Right. Um, but but again, like I said, if, if we can place the property, we can usually find a home for the general liability. 
What about the DNO? Has that moderated a bit? So it was a little trouble um, prior to 2022, and it, it has leveled out. They needed to get some more premium in there. So yeah. we're pretty good right now and just really yeah. struggling with the, the master policy parts and the apartment policies. Those large schedules are just killing the owners. Right. I can't imagine what the rents are going to do and what we're going to see in 2024. Yeah, rent inflation is a huge issue. I know for every business owner just trying to keep their employees, uh, you know, make raises substantial enough that they can uh, keep up with their rent. Is Absolutely. A big problem. So yeah. well, what about umbrella challenges there? So, um, you know, we do. Yeah, we not again, not as much as property, but we're seeing increases from 10 to 30 uh, percent. A lot of conditional non-renewals going out for the premium hikes um, and some some real non-renewals where um, the program might have lost their lead carrier. Uh, suppose they were offering a twenty five million dollar layered program and they lost their first 10. You know, so we're getting non-renewals from that. Some are trying to replace the carriers. Some are just exiting the market altogether. Really difficult to place if you do have subsidized housing um, or aluminum wiring or the high crime scores. I have one example here in um, the city of St. Louis where we have a high crime score. Um, there was a high rise condo that had a 15 million umbrella and it was in place for a lot of years and they were just paying $3,000. But the umbrella program itself was non-renewing nothing that the account did. And at the time they had an open general liability claim that was less than 25,000 incurred. But the standard markets all declined because of one reason or the other, the crime score or the open claim. And then the ENS market did offer one option. It was only 5 million and even that was in layers and the price was $12,000. So the condo couldn't afford it. They had to go bare because they had to pay so much extra in their property insurance. And that's, that's the choices they're making. And are they, then they notify their unit owners, right? Or their oh. residents and say, do they, I don't know. <laughs> that's yeah. another issue. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's why I invite the attorney in. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Let them handle. Where are they coming up with the money? Are they going into reserves or are they assessing or both? A little bit of both. I mean, some of them, they're not opening pools, so they can come up with the down payments. Um, they're scraping anywhere they can. They are definitely um, having special assessments to the owners. And then uh, one of them, you know, sometimes they have a loan. They've been getting loans for roof projects or siding projects. And instead of using the money there, they're using it to pay the insurance premiums. What they don't seem to understand, and I get it, I mean, the education is going to have to go on for a couple of years, but these older properties are probably going to live in the ENS market. And these high prices aren't just for this year. And that's where they need to be priced because of their exposure. So that's going to be a hard pill to swallow. Absolutely. And, you know, you just asked my final question. And this is something agents have been asking. When is this hard market going to end? Uh, as far as multifamily housing, at least, what's your prediction? Yeah, I wish I had a crystal ball. Um, I don't I don't see it ending in 2024. I, I'm I'm so happy when I read a carrier is finally reporting a profit. And, and we've seen two of those um, this this past week. But so many others are not anywhere near profit. Um, I just I think the carriers have to be a lot more forward thinking to solve this unprofitability. 
we know the weather's not going to change. If it changes, it's only going to be changing for the worse. So they need to be able to price specific for the risk. And that means, you know, greater use of these risk meters and the modeling and the other data. Um, It's just got to get real specific. Um, And again, I I wish I was real smart and could tell you the answer, but I I just don't see it in 2024. Well, it's interesting. One of the East Coast uh, Departments of Insurance sent a warning to agents not to blame us, the Department of Insurance, for rate hikes. But I think the carriers, um, you know, have sent their recommendations and maybe they've tempered their recommendations in some cases because they know they can't get the rate hike. So it's a catch-22. We have to have a meeting of the minds between the DOIs and the carriers to say we have to send the realistic rates that we need to be profitable and to remain profitable. And you need to work with us to get the rate we need. That's right. And if, if, if we could do that, and, and my state might be one that needs the higher rate because we are becoming more and more uh, being tagged as a cat state. But if, if my state needs to pay more than the next state, then that's the way it needs to be. And we all know California and Florida needed to be paying more, um, but the legislation wouldn't let it. So, you know, it, it's, it's got to be able to be a profit and both parties have to be able to gain. Exactly. I know for years I'm here in Arizona and my brokers would say, well, you're paying the freight for other bad states. We just don't have the weather issues, although wildfires, you know, we do have more wildfires than we normally would have had Mm -hmm. with uh, the climate. Absolutely. Climate change. But I know, but it's I just call it the weather. (laughs) The weather, yes. And uh, I, I always tell people when they tell me they don't believe in climate change, if they're in our industry, I say it doesn't matter if you believe in it, the reinsurers believe in it. So that's right. And the modeling. Yes. And, and the models. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think they're all working feverishly to update models. I really do. I do, too. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, you know, this is this is a rough, rough job right now. So whether you're in HAB or any other high property, um, just you know, stay calm and help your properties as best you can. Work ahead uh, and present the clearest picture to your underwriters. Your underwriters are overworked too. Um, they're inundated with new applications. I always say it, we have to have complete applications, but there's never been a more important time. If your underwriter doesn't have a question answered, they're just going to throw it to the bottom of the stack. They don't have time to look up, much less go back and ask questions. So work hard and work smart. And, um, you know, we, we got into this business to help. And, and here we are. We're going to help. As best we can. That's right. Well, Karen, thank you so much for sharing your really unique expertise with us today. We know how busy you are. I know firsthand. And I appreciate your time and your dedication to the big eye. Thank you. The Big Eye Virtual University, including the Ask an Expert service, is available to Big Eye members on theindependentagent.com slash VU, where you can find thousands of articles and answers to your technical insurance questions. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Agency Nation Radio, powered by the Big Eye and Trusted Choice. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, make sure that you hit subscribe and give us five stars or leave us a review. And if you have a story for Agency Nation, contact us at hello at agencynation.com. Agency Nation Radio is where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing, success, and failure. Stories that help make them the professionals they are today. 
From Main Street USA to the pages of the Independent Agent magazine, we've got the stories you want to hear. For more, catch Agency Nation Radio on your favorite streaming platform or visit iamagazine.com slash podcasts. Karen, thank you.